fine? Are we good? Hello, hello, hello. Probably not. Hello, hello. Let's go. Are we doing like a little intro first? Or, no, that's going to be later. That's that's post. Are we going to do that later? Yeah, we'll do that okay, later. Sean, just shut up. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to Seeking What They Sought, where we're just getting into this on the tail end of just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, we are here with Matthew Lucio. Okay, who, I want to introduce uh, him, Jesse. The... Forget you. No, I'm <laughs> introducing him. I came up with this. Yes, I came do up it. with this. Do okay. it. Okay. So we have the Reverend Matthew Lucio, mm. Esquire, okay. mm-hmm. MD, DO, mm-hmm. MDiv, PhD, DPM, DA, and also wait, podcast creator. Wait, what's Esquire? Like Esquire magazine? No, like a lawyer. Like, I'm a no. lawyer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anthony, the fact that that's where your mind goes first is deeply concerning. He's got you know, the ring light, guys. I, <laughs> an I, I'm an influencer. This is the world I live in. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Matthew, thanks for being on the podcast with us, uh, <laughs> considering your your incredible resume that we've just yeah. found out about. But we've yeah. had you on before to talk about Adventist history a bit. We wanted to have you on again to talk about Adventist media. Um, Adventist media is one of those things that, uh, well, I think I, I definitely grew up with at least some semblance of watching like 3ABN or Hope Channel. Mm. I remember like my mom, my mom and dad got like the box that you had like it was like the box that then would give you access to like the satellite or whatever i don't remember exactly what oh, the connection right. was yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 for yeah. those channels and then yeah. we'd watch it i do remember as a kid never not once not ever being impressed with what i was seeing <laughs> with what i was seeing <laughs> as a seven-year-old yeah, a, yeah. Uh, always... honestly this is kind of mid <laughs> From a i mean standpoint. it was just it was just always like I mean, it's usually a white guy with a background that uh, is just obviously a studio green screen or something like that. Or it's like they try to make it look like a living room, but it looks like your grandma's living room. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sort oh, of yeah. thing. Well, that's who's watching. Like, well, yeah, no, I get I shot yeah. Eric, I get that. Contextualization. Like, I'm just saying, like, that's what it always looks like. And so, and then I remember they would have the, uh, they, there was like the kid show that they would have on 3ABN. And the lady that would host that she seemed really nice Uh but she had a smile on her face so constantly that it's scary (laughs) yeah (laughs) like the smile never stops and you're like that that doesn't feel normal something feels wrong about that (laughs) you haven't you haven't heard the children's song happy all the time that's that's oh gosh that's 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 adventism fully real that's like the weird dystopian like you're like you're in the you're in the it's a small world (laughs) ride stuck there for life you know Right. That's that's what children's ministry does to you after a while. It's like the Joker, <laughs> like you just can't unsmile. You just get stuck. You're stuck yeah. there. Yeah, that's a good horror premise. But that's that was my that's cradle sort of roll. Be- cradle <laughs> roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm the clown from it is probably in that. <laughs> but that that was sort I don't of my- watch movies. Sorry. That was sort of the beginning of, of my uh, my experience with Adventist media. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I know that Adventist media has been a big part of the Adventist movement really since kind of it, it began. I mean, it sort of depends on what we're talking about. Sean wanted to include like newspaper and stuff in there. And he yeah. tells me that it includes media. Um, that's not what I think of when I think of media. Jesse but, um, and Sean I had mean, a whole debate about this. This was a, this was a whole conversation. Yeah, it's not obviously a debate. I'm He's right. objectively wrong. Obviously I'm right. <laughs> like, obviously I'm ver- right. It's verifiable fact. It is literally newspaper... called print media. Yeah. yeah, but that's called also, print media. it's not real media. Exactly. Wow. That's what I'm trying to okay. say. Okay, then define media. Like, what is the multimedia? Like, define. That's what we're hey, thinking Sean, about. Sean, 
nobody cares about your opinion. <laughs> we, what we're talking, what we're talking about, is generally if we want to talk about print, that's fine. But I know we started out with a lot of like literature um, that would be sent out, like that was printed, and then yep. as uh, radio came into be, we start off in radio and then into into uh, video, TV sort of things. Sure. But I don't know. I'm curious. Like, what a uh, yeah. What's what's your your knowledge base okay. here, Matthew? That's a great, very helpful question. <laughs> uh, like, what do you know about everything in the Tell universe? Tell us. I don't. I don't know a lot, but I will say, print is absolutely part of the story. I think hey, it's, Matthew, it's got to be. Matthew, can we just cut? Well, we're gonna cut Sean out of this for a second. Okay. Can we, we're just gonna take Sean off video, yeah. and then you can say that, okay. and then we'll bring him back. Okay, fine, <laughs> fair enough. But it, it's very much part. It's not just. It's not just the newspapers. It's the illustrations that end up appearing in there. It's the it's the famous prophecy charts that came from the Millerites. Like, you know, how do we distill all of this logical, this symbol connects to this symbol? Like, you got to illustrate that somehow to help people understand. So they have to make these prophecy charts. There's actually a fairly funny story to me. It's funny to me. In the 1860s, when Emmy Cornell was going through upstate New York preaching, but as you can imagine, when you're going to meet other Adventists and preach in a town you've never been to, you don't know what they look like. There's no way to text them and be like, hey, I'm getting off the train. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to find each other in this train station. And the, the local Adventist guy only found Cornell because he recognized the prophecy charts that he was carrying. <laughs> wow. That's how you could find an Adventist. That. Calling yeah. card. <laughs> yeah. Right? Just wave those beasts around, man. <laughs> That's great. So, you know, I mean, that's part of it, right? You carried your illustrations with you. It's like carrying your your PowerPoint with you or your your canvas slides or Google slides or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, your, it, mm-hmm. it's a way to it's a mm-hmm. way to kind of be visually identified. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely part of media. But I mean, so it starts from there. And I know Adventist media, if we're talking multimedia, it kind of started off in like radio um, as <clears throat> a movement towards uh reaching the world if i'm if i'm correct is that kind of the starting point i mean if you want to start there yeah it's the best place to start <laughs> what I mean, where would you like, start yeah that's true i would start with print but i mean it's that's kind of like the same story for a long time right mm-hmm. like it, 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 the quality gets better da, 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 da. but i mean when we get into radio and then when we get into visual forms it's it's kind of like a weird transition because you're basically trying to take your, the old way you interacted with technology. So you may have like preached a series and then pointed to a picture or the prophecy chart or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have to do that without anybody seeing what you're doing. So you have to find new ways of explaining what it is that you're talking about. Mm. And then when you went to, when we went to TV, like who went to TV? It was a radio guy who, who first went into TV. Right. So mm. it's kind of like you have that transition between technologies to go from, we went from visual to audio and then from audio back to visual with TV and we've been stuck there ever since. But, you know, there's a, I don't know. I think that's just all part of the journey is you're, you can show people something, then suddenly you can't, then you can show them something again on a different format. And so the, the, the medium, I think alters the message Hmm. as we make these transitions from, from one medium to another. That's, that's, that's a significant sentence. I can't take credit for that. That's that's Marshall okay. McLuhan who Anthony, says that. why is it significant? You just stop I baiting us with No, the... I, I just haven't figured out why, but I the media <laughs> alters the message is a significant <laughs> phrase. So I mean Matthew, like the the I know it's it it, it that we have some of the um more prominent media um 
I don't even know if you title them like organizations or arms of the church or uh, some of them are independent as well, but you have like it is written yep. or voice of prophecy or yep. um, uh, what is the faith for today? I know that's one. There's a few others um, that are fairly prominent. Um, what, what is the relationship? Like how many of those are, are independent? How many of those are like, what are some of the major arms of the church? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I, it's kind of they've they've tried to clarify the relationships between these. So you have a couple, a few main categories. So you have church-owned ministries, obviously. That would be like Hope Channel. Then you have mm-hmm. independent ministries, which is like Amazing Facts. And yeah. then you have uh, supporting ministries, which is kind of a new-ish category where. You have to agree to the 28 fundamental beliefs. You have to agree not to accept tithe. That was always a big sticking point with the church. Um, and Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Sean's recording this at school that's on his, spring break. That's his spring break. And he still has the bell. <laughs> <laughs> his hot uh, pockets are done. And if you're, a supporting, if you're a supporting minister, you get to be a member of ASI. So that means you have access to donors, right? Hmm. So, ASI is... Yeah. Avenus Lehman Services and Industries. It's kind uh, of like a- professional Avenus business owners getting together. So, yeah, you could be independent. You could be church-owned. You could be supporting. Then you, you have a few that are in the gray area, like it is written, because they're they're semi-independent or semi – I don't know what you want to call it. Like they, they get up at NAD year-end meeting, and they give reports about what they did, but they're not wholly operated by the church. Mm. There's, there's something in between mm-hmm. like them. Faith for Today and uh, Jesus 101, that kind of those kind of ministries. Now, I to be honest, some of these I'd never really heard almost anything about. Like I knew about 3ABN, Hope Channel, uh, like the Spanish versions of those. Yeah. Uh, and then, but like Faith for Today, never knew about it until I found out that there was someone who was like the CEO of it down here where I'm working and we're not the CEO or I don't know, face of it, whatever. Um, or Jesus 101. I think I just recently heard about that. Like, who are, who, are, what is the target audience of <laughs> a lot of these ministries? Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's a good question. Um, I suppose that they could probably give you an answer and, and then they would sometimes be wrong because I don't watch any of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I feel, I feel left out of the target demographic. Yeah. All of them. All well, of the and, target and, demographics. <laughs> and this is this is what brings like kind of what fascinates me is you know, you look at today and we can we can talk about today a bit, like where these ministries are now. But I guess when I look at it, when we talk about radio and even TV with it is written when they first started, like they were and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but they they were kind of groundbreaking or or I don't want to use the word cutting edge, but they were it seemed like either with the times or ahead of the times when it came to using the technology of their day. Um, yeah. So it, it's just kind of fascinating to, to think about that. And I don't know, Matthew, if, if there's a reason it, was there a motivation behind, you know, beyond just obviously evangelism, um, yeah. like being on top of those things, like how are we so quick to get on those things as a church versus mm. other evangelical movements or. Yeah. I, I think Adventists are a pretty pragmatic group of people. I mean, Hmm. You know, we talk about veganism and the virtues of veganism, but like, let's be honest, twenty percent of the world church is vegetarian, not just vegan, vegetarian. <laughs> is it only twenty yeah. percent? It's only twenty percent. That's lower than I expected. Guys, we're all hiding. Well, Sean is vegetarian, but like, 
I mean, we're all hiding in the in like shame. Let's yeah. bring this into the open. <laughs> it's a rebellion, Sean. We got to hold down the fort. <laughs> um, I'm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, my, my point is, is like there's there's an idealism to Adventism, but like really at our core, we're a pretty pragmatic people, and we look at something, we're like, can I use this tool? Yes or no? Let's find a way to use it. So that doesn't usually lead us to being on the cutting edge. Like when when uh, HMS Richards started Voice of Prophecy on the radio, it was 1929. That was about eight years after the first religious broadcast. But that's not super slow because you've got, you know, like the Vatican didn't get on radio until 31. So are, See, were we at actually, the front? No, we were like that, in the middle. That's huge that the Vatican didn't get on radio until 31 because if they had, we wouldn't have gotten on it. <laughs> well, <laughs> we would have been like, that's the Antichrist. Some would argue that the Vatican did get on the radio through Voice of Prophecy. <laughs> we had to beat them, though. At least These we beat them the... by a couple years. We beat them by a couple years. Woo, Adventists are better. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I mean, the Episcopalians Amen. were the first, so what does that say? Dang it. <laughs> yeah. Don't even know what you guys believe. Can't even spell your church's name. Right. <laughs> right. Says, says the Seventh-day Adventist. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. Literally. Well, so so then, like, like with TV, were we were we on the cutting edge of that, or were we sort of behind the the behind the, the signs of the times on that one? No, I mean, I think yeah, nice. we were definitely near the front. Huh? we were near yeah. the front, and actually, the GC was leading that because they're the ones who are like, we should try this, and they purchased the airtime, mm. and then said, now we need a program and a host and everything to to use it. So. Yeah, but it was a local thing. It was just like a local ABC station in New York City. Just mm, a local wow. station in New York City, you know. Yeah. Wow, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you know, that was some innovation on the GC's part. They moved pretty quick in, in pushing in that. And honestly, like a lot of a lot of church members didn't like Faith for Today because it was mm. less preachy and and they had some drama and stuff. Like, it, Faith for Today reminds me a little bit of Saturday Night Live, except it was not funny. Hmm. Um, in, in that, wait, you mean wait, wait that sounds I, like Saturday Night Live. Yeah. That sounds like Saturday Night Live. All right, that's fair. Like that's that's totally fair. But I mean, like they would so they they would start they would write their scripts throughout the week and they'd figure out like oh we need some extras or we need some other people to play these roles. So they would like be looking for young people, old people, whoever they needed for these roles, and then they would do it live in the beginning. They would do it live on camera, like on the day that it was happening, and it mm. would be really tough. But so yeah, like they were writing the scripts and and what we're going to talk about and who we need and rehearsal, rehearsal, rehearsal. They would say at one point that for every minute of broadcast, they they rehearsed it for an hour. Um, so it was wow. a brutal that's like, week. That's like that's like some sermon prep numbers right there. Where like I think what was it? Someone's like, for every minute of your yeah, sermon, yeah, yeah. you need to spend like an hour in prayer. That was yeah. our, I was like our that is preaching not professor. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah. It's always a professor that will say that. Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> Has it, hasn't preached in years. Yeah, like the yeah. one who preaches like at convocation once, Vespers once, mm-hmm. in the church once. No. So, I, but that's interesting. I didn't know Faith for Today was like started in that, like that was the context for it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there were some church members at annual council that wanted to stop funding it after a couple of years because they're like, we don't like drama and how, and how we're how we're teaching. We need more preaching. Where's the preaching at? Well, Ooh. Jesus didn't use the te- television, so why should we? Amen, brother. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Matthew, maybe you can delve more into that. Why? Because it seems like in Adventist church, we're happy to with go on camera and preach a sermon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. How? Do, that's true. 
or well, do an interview yeah. well, with somebody. About, like the resistance to yeah. anything that's more narrative or yeah, even mm. documentary, like something that's you know yeah outside the studio, mm. right? Well, okay. So first of all, I think we got to keep in mind that especially with TV, it's hugely expensive. Mm-hmm. So you're like you're not going to ask the church to pay for TV time on ABC, which is what they did with Faith for Today, and then be like, "What do you guys want to do?" I don't know. Like, let's do something totally like concept. Uh, you know, in film school, I had this idea that I really, you know, like, no, 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 no. It's 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 the expectation is that it's going to be pretty safe because it's expensive. You don't you don't mm. get many shots because in radio you uh, and TV you want other stations to pick you up your programming. So you got to appeal to as many people as possible. And back then, you know, like preaching was a good way to do that. Um, today it's different because tech is cheap. And any anyone with a phone, anyone, mm. Anthony, with a phone can be an influencer. <laughs> and so you can do whatever you want. You can, you know, whatever kind of content you want to do, it's it's relatively inexpensive today. So I think we have the freedom to experiment more. Maybe they would have, if they had cell phones back then in the 1950s, like would they have done different kinds of programs? Maybe, you know. Mm. Well, then why did we get stuck? Uh, so uh, when did we start TV? 1950. How did we get stuck in 1955 so quick? It's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, like, it, to the degree, I guess it's it's that interesting thing with with Adventism in general. Most of the churches that you'll walk into um, are they still look like you know they're out of the 70s or the 80s. Yeah. I'm not even so much condemning it as much as just saying like it's an interesting phenomenon part yeah part of 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 being adventist like yeah. culturally like if i'm going to go visit my mom or visit somebody you know in a in, in a place that i'm not generally pastoring in it's like oh wow i'm being transported back in time a bit yes and when you watch adventist media there's a bit of that too like even at, at like you watch like i was watching voice of prophecy stuff because we had to, there was a they were doing a a, a, a big meet put like meeting push in in uh the place that I was at when I first started pastoring my own church. And so I had to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Notice how I said that I had yeah, to be, you had to be uh, a part of it. Right. <laughs> um, and it was just interesting because the, the media that they use, like it's, it's still, it's still behind. Like it's, it, it's not, it's maybe the nineties or early two thousands. It's not, you know, cutting edge stuff. Like what, well, what's sort of the, what, what are your thoughts on like why that? Is? This is a complicated, this is a complicated answer because it really depends on who it is. We got to keep in mind, uh, that our donor classes in the church are typically are boomers, right? Yeah. So you're making content for the people who are paying the bills, largely. Mm. I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of these people. I, if I, I could, I can't say anything on the record, but I know off the record some of these speaker directors mm. of these media ministries really want to produce different content. Mm. Oh, interesting. But they can't. I think probably of those big legacy media companies, I think, or ministries, I think, I think Voice of Prophecy is probably the most innovative of them. Like they're, they're trying to stretch the most. Um, like I think Boonster's graphics with his, I mean, the, the, the evangelism is still Adventist evangelism, right? But yeah, but the graphics are like getting better and better with him. And he's got a show where he's trying to interact with like Jean-Paul Sartre, you know, something he wrote or more than just like a throwaway line. You know, Booster has a, he's a pretty good, I don't know, he's a, he's a good mind. He's a good student, um, intellectual student. But, you know, that's not everything. Like, okay, at Called, which I don't know, you guys were all at last 
summer? Maybe? No, I don't think any of us were at it. <laughs> okay, well, you suck. But, Almost. Yep. Uh, that was, <laughs> so at the call convention, they were they were seriously trying to figure out how to get a hologram on the stage. Oh, wow. But why? That See, that, that in and of itself feels like the weird whiplash that Adventism goes through. It's like, we haven't been relevant... Who? We haven't been relevant since the well, 90s. Let's yeah. go to the future. Yeah. Uh, Ellen and James. <laughs> With <laughs> it's real a, it's AI. It's a AI. Yeah. It's real AI, real AI chat GPT, Ellen. Yep. That's right. That's right. That's what it is. Dude, have you heard? Okay. This is a little plug to something I do since you guys didn't plug anything that I do. Um, <laughs> we're going to do gonna... it at the end. I was going to do Matthew. Matthew, I'm ready at the end. It's clear. I'm just, we were... I'm, I'm totally messing with you. I did say that I don't you post care. Adventist history. I don't care. I did say that. I'm just, I don't, I don't care. I'm just messing with you. I'm just saying that an Adventist pilgrimage, which I don't host, uh, I just produce it. But uh, Greg Howell did an episode with, uh, with a AI Ellen White, and he asked, oh. him, he asked her questions. And she was like totally fundamentalist. I don't wow. know what's going on. So I don't really know if the AI is really more progressive because she was like, she was very legalistic mm-hmm. in yeah. the answers that she gave to the questions, like. So I don't know what to make of that, but you, any people who are watching or listening can go check that out. But anyways. That's really, I do think like hologram is a gimmick. Okay, let's all be honest about that. It's a cool sure. gimmick. Like I'd like to go check it out, but you know, I don't think Avenus are really that backwards. I think that the big media companies that we most often associate with Adventists in mm-hmm. technology, like it is written amazing facts and so on. Like they're, they're doing what they need to do for their audience. Hmm. And, and they're not, they're not like the design is often dated. I agree with you, but the production values are not. Hmm. Well, but here's what's interesting is like you could talk production value. I mean, Eric, you might have a lot more to say on this, but like you could talk production value and you could say that like it's a well run TV show, but still it's like you could say that about a lot of stuff, but that doesn't mean it's good. You know, like it, it it's, it doesn't mean it's, it's, I get, I get what you're saying about like reaching a specific audience, but. But even then, it's like questioning who that audience is, is I think a, a worthwhile thing. And like, yeah, we're putting all this effort into something for what return. And I yes. think back to that Voice of Prophecy seminar thing that we were part of. And I mean, granted, my parents came into the church through like a, a prophecy seminar. So I'm not, I'm not like, <laughs> like for, so for what return? What's yeah, the well, point of doing this stuff? Me just being brought... an Adventist. <laughs> yeah. Me being no, an Adventist. No, but I, I think it's, I think it's more, more so like a, a thing in the last 15 to 20 years that like, well, what's the, what is the actual return on this investment? Because um, that Voice of Prophecy seminar that we did, um, it was just such an interesting experience because the people that it attracted were exactly the type of people that I expected it to attract. Yeah. And those people, we, I mean, we had, I think, four baptisms out of that. It was really like we had a couple of people that stayed in the church as a result of that, like at the church I was at. And that was really cool. And I really loved them. There was just so many people who... They, they were the ones who were going to be attracted by the prophecy style yeah. and all that stuff, and and then the return on that is not high. I mean, it's a lot of effort, it's a lot of money, it's a lot sure. of stuff put into this stuff, and it's not a high return anymore. At and so it's sort of an interesting. West, I mean, I, I'd be curious to see worldwide the impact of you know amazing facts and it is written voice. Like I don't know, like because hmm. you know obviously we're still one of the fastest growing churches. Um, you know, I don't, yeah. I haven't looked at the last year or two, but I know that we have been for a while. And so, you know, that's, that actually goes back to, you know, the fact that, you know, when we started radio, when we started, um, TV, 
that it almost seems like those things were pretty impactful. You know, the it is written was the first in color religious program. Um, yeah, and then you, you get to where wow. you get to where we exploded. What decade? The '60s, where you look at like the graph of Adventist worldwide membership, and it's like the '60s, '70s. You start seeing it skyrocket. I don't know how much of that would actually correlate with our media. <laughs> yeah. Or if it's just our evangelistic practices, I don't know. I don't, what do you yeah, think about I, that? Well, I think I think that that curve going up is the result of the investment in missions in the first thirty years of the twentieth century. Like we started seeing mm. the dividends of that. Okay. Because that that exponential growth, like even even with um, you know, our TV ministries grew fast, but like not that fast. I mean, even even with radio, even with uh, Voice of Prophecy. They, they they went live in 1929, but they didn't get coast to coast until 1942. So it took you know 13 years or so, and se- television didn't take as long. But it it takes some time to kind of build up a whole nationwide mm-hmm. coverage. I'm sure it did help. Like obviously, Voice Prophecy got a ton of Bible study requests. But you know, I think I feel like though we have a sliding scale because we're like, well, what are the results of these media ministries? Like, what you got four mm-hmm. baptisms in one church, and I get it. But then we're like, well, what are we gonna do? Like YouTube and TikTok and so forth. Like, what are the results of that? Hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, those the investment and money and time into those things is so much smaller. Yeah, and and the goal of that is different too. It's just that, like you know, it is written and all that stuff. They'll get talked up as like these, like you know, this amazing ministry that's happening. And I'm not saying that it's not a, sure. a meaningful thing. It's just sort of like there's a lot of money going into that stuff, and yeah, you know, is like yeah. is it even is it, is it still viable? I think is a, is a valid question to be asking. But then again, like, I mean, they might have stats and stuff that that you know conflict with what I'm saying. But yeah, of course they're going to have stats saying we're doing a great job. I right. Mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether whether it's ultimately meaningful in the landscape of Adventism is a is a different story. I guess that's debatable. But I mean, obviously, you know, they're doing something that that still has that still causes people to donate to that ministry because they find it worthwhile. Yeah. Mm. Right. I mean, now if you want to start a GoFundMe and say, let's defund ministry X and fund me instead, uh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. like the donors are a finite, finite resource. So I think that donors tend to, whether or not they like the show or like the ministry, they just tend to go with what they see happening. Yeah. Mm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That, that, that prompts a question, Matt, do, do you think, I don't even know how to word this, but something you said earlier prompted this for me where you were mm-hmm. like, for the donors, like the donors are mostly boomer age. And so because of that, the audience becomes boomer age. To me, that that doesn't feel mm-hmm. like an obvious, I mean, it, it is in real life, like the way reality works. But to me, like that takes intention. Like there's plenty of, right? There's plenty of ministries and media, even like in the non-Christian sphere, right? There's plenty of spaces where like the donor class is different than their target audience. Sure. How, how is it that that, that that just happens so easily for us because it seems that's that's been my experience with a lot of Adventist media is like it seems as if there's this this in this assumed target audience and the assumed target audience is like those who are doing it and it seems like it's rare to see something that's done by a generation for a younger generation or yeah. for etc yeah. <clears throat> yeah I mean that I think that's precisely the problem is is we tend to be comfortable with the stuff that appeals to us and mm. so even like I look at like Gen Z, I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, 
you know, do more stuff for millennials, man. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> you're like, explain the gospel in 12.2 seconds. Like, ah, stop it, man. Uh, I'm too old for you that. Need, you need at least a minute and a half. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> like God intended. <laughs> so. I know. I feel like by what Gen Alpha, it's going to be uh, like you're going to have like two second videos, right, and then yeah. it will rebound, and then whatever comes after Gen Alpha will just be they'll just be hour and a half. An hour and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, yeah. we're just going to go back to preaching. Three of the will right. be in again. With that's right. Whatever right. is alpha. That's right. Alpha. That's right. You know, but I, these these ministries definitely see this. Um, I know Hope Channel is is really trying to work with to try to connect to younger people too. Like they 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 see it. It's not like they're ignorant of it. Mm-hmm. They want to do it. But you know, there's a lot of moving parts to this, and I don't well, I don't want to go like critique all of these ministries for or sure, whatever. For sure. I, I empathize well, with the challenge. Well, the, I don't remember which one it is. It's either Hope Channel or 3ABN. This guy comes out. It's like, I think it's the youngest guy they could find, but he's at least in his late 30s, early 40s. And, de- and he, he preaches a sermon that he titles Euthanasia. That's all about <laughs> how, to, Euthanasia. how to reach the youth. And, and then and the, and the graphics, it's got like green lights in the background. It's like it's like everything stereotypical about like, this yeah. is what the youth want. And I'm like, yeah. this is this hurts. This hurts to watch. Yeah. Wait, was so, it how to reach was it how to reach all the youth in Asia? Yeah, no, that's what I was gonna no, say. Here's the here's the great part about it. He has to explain to his audience, which is obviously boomers, he has to yeah. explain at least six to seven times within a four <laughs> to five minute span that what he means by euthanasia is not yeah. the putting people to sleep like yeah. like like killing them. Killing them. Right. Which is what but this program talking, is doing. But that it's a pun. <laughs> but that it's a pun that he's using. I'm just like, if you have to explain this, you're talking to the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean look Adventist, you know, I saw a tract that's still being sold. The thing is like ancient, but it's still being sold by one Adventist <laughs> ministry that says Big D on the front of it. Oh no! Oh no! And it's a it's a it's a tract about divorce. Oh for, no! For, for kids. For <laughs> divorce for kids. You know, to try to explain to them, How like to... they they mean well, yeah. right? That, like yeah. what what are we going yeah. through in this family? But I just they just don't understand how your tract titled How to Deal with yeah. the Big D isn't reaching your audience in the way. <laughs> right. So can what we do you have, do? Can we say that on this podcast? I don't know. Wait, what is that? What, I don't late. get it. What does it Sean, mean? Sean, just go away. Just stop. <laughs> Anthony, can, what can are you thoughts? explain it to me? <laughs> can I? I don't have thoughts on this one. I already got in too, in too much trouble with Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, can I tell you guys one of my favorite technologies that Evanus used for a little a little bit of time that you probably never heard of? I'm ready. I'm ready. In the 1950s, especially among missionaries, a big thing was using black light. So they sold hmm. all of these, uh, I don't know, like markers and chalks and stuff that would only appear under black light. And mm-hmm. so they would they would go buy like Masonite board for their evangelistic series. And I guess they would like write some things on it. They would paint it black, you know, for black. Oh. And then they would write things on regular chalk. And then and they flip appears. on the black light. And then boom, they have other things written <laughs> oh. on there too. Oh, wow. And so nice. I got this. I got this. Like somebody who saw it said, this is their quote. It looks like 3D. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so, wow. So I don't we know should... exactly how they were using it, but it's. I want to see it. We can uh, reenact Daniel five with that and do the the writing on the wall, the many many. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. So I mean, let's appear on the wall. Right. Yeah. Wait. So we tried to find all these different ways of of presenting it. 
what you know does it sound campy today like definitely mm-hmm. like because that's what black light is today but you know back then i mean not having ever seen something like this before it was like this yeah, is magic <laughs> well i'm curious because um obviously adventism has has maybe even more than many churches decided that using media was going to be a massive part of it it's yeah it's uh moving forward yeah in, in the world but what's interesting is I don't know the ex- I don't know the full story of this, um, but I remember that. So Eric and I we we used to make a lot of videos when we were young and um, like from the age of like what were we, like ten or ten eleven twelve is when we started and stuff. So we've always been pretty interested in kind of what's happening in the media world. And um, it was around the time that Eric and I were making films that we had we had submitted to what's it's called it's called, <laughs> it's called sunscreen, which is the Adventist. Adventist uh, Film Festival, the Adventist Alliance, uh, yeah, Adventist Film Festival that that uh, exists, and um, so we we're you know we were kind of involved in that world for for two or three years, and there was this thing that came out called the Record Keeper. Some yes. people might remember this, and it was sort of like I think it was a was it GC or NAD like backed uh, GC, yeah, yeah GC backed sure. project that was going to be sort of a foray into the world of creative you know, film production. And so then it's made. And I mean, is it the best thing ever? No, but it's, 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 it's impressive in its own right for what it was. Yep. And it comes out and it gets shut down before it's released because it, there were a few things that were taken as creative license that made sense, but they weren't theologically perfect. And it's therefore, not, uh, it got shut down. So I don't. It's not even the real reason it got shut down, from what I've been told. Really? Oh, Eric, say more. <laughs> Insider scoop. Insider scoop with Eric. What from conversations with people closely involved, I know that one of the big reasons that it got shut down was because uh, the main actress had previously acted in a role in a uh, lesbian film. Okay. Mm. Wow. Interesting. In her, you know, acting history. And right. so that got discovered and then that is obviously not Dang. okay. So we need yeah. to shut down this whole minute. <laughs> well, so just, it, like, just to give some context, what it was was it was the record keeper was a like a ten part series. I don't remember how long the episodes were. They were they were not long. I think they were twenty. That was They're like ten minutes. But it tend yeah. to be like a web series. Web series that was like that was sort of it was a steampunk aesthetic. Yeah, on it, which was actually they they did a, a pretty good job with that, and yeah. then it was based on was it the Great Controversy and sort of like the War in Heaven. Yeah. That's the sort mm-hmm. of the basic idea, but steampunk aesthetic. So obviously, there's going to be some creative liberties there. Um, I don't I don't know much about the like the actress and stuff like that, but that's even a whole thing. But like there's 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 all of this stuff, and it was it, among Adventist creatives at the time. It just felt like a oh yeah, like this is exactly right. what you would expect the GC to do, because they don't they don't get what is happening yeah. here yeah it was a really weird moment yes. and it actually i think it shut down sort of the adventist creative crew like amongst our generation like no who was gonna try and create yeah. stuff for the church after that it was disempowering for sure yep yep well they followed it up with tell the world right and they're like we're gonna have greater control over this project and we're gonna do it right and the funny part is, is the the woman. Which, who, so just for context, tell the world is like it's the story of yeah, Adventism starting. 
Yeah. And it's a period piece. Like it's built, it's, it's, it's yeah. the whole thing is aesthetically, it's like in the 1800s yeah. and all that stuff. And it follows, I think, from William Miller through the great disappointment and sort of the beginnings yeah. of Adventism. Yeah. It's our origin story where we get our superpowers from. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, well, anyways, my point is, is the, the actress who plays Ellen White in that, uh, also has been in these kinds of films. One of them, the year mm. before, she started one called <laughs> called How to How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town. Oh wow! <laughs> what really? So I'm not really understanding the reaction to the record keeper. Okay, interesting. <laughs> Ellen has history. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. This is this is why Ellen White's not a prophet. I mean, I mean, did you guys whoa, know that whoa. Ellen White? <laughs> this is. Did you guys know that Ellen White was in a? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. So I'm just saying it's like this is the problem I think with this level of the church is like if you're going to go into this field of film you're going to have to work with people who don't believe as you believe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You yeah. know, can you can you forgive their history? <laughs> uh, Jesus can. But uh, you know, I so yes, I missed the record keeper tremendously. I remember when that was going on. It's still around on the internet somewhere, but you're right. It's it sent a chill. I remember it leaked. I definitely watched the leaked version. Yeah, I Yeah, they yep. they released it at, yeah, at some point. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean there's definitely some parts of it where I'm like I don't understand. You know, but I overall it was like I love this. If this is the future, I'm all for it. Well, that was the thing. It was like the thing itself, the show itself. I just remember some parts I thought were pretty cool. Some parts I was like, yeah, it is what it is. But um, but the whole idea of it was like this is sort of it, the church is actually moving forward in a direction that a lot of young people, young creatives, can get behind and say like, oh, like there's actually space for this in the church. That's really cool. And then yeah. it got shut down, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, obviously I'm going to take my skill and my talent elsewhere. I'm not going to. Why would I invest yeah. in that for the church?" Right. And then what was what was kind of interesting too was, um, like, so I watched through Tell the World, uh, and it's actually like the the period piece part of it is fairly well done. Like you don't really ever feel like you're pulled out of it being the 1800s yeah. and stuff. The acting is is decent. I mean, it's not like it's not great. It's not terrible. Um, some of it, some parts of it are slightly preachy, but I don't know. Really, I don't really know how you get around that. But the part, the part that got me the most was the part where uh, is Hiram Edson, where it's it's after the great disappointment. You know, they they've gotten everything wrong, and he's walking through a field uh, with someone else, and all of a sudden he stops. It's like a cornfield, you know. He stops. Yeah. He's like, and then he just he pretty much just says, "I think you know we got the date right, but we got the the content wrong or the 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 event wrong." And that moment, I kid you not was like i've never felt more like part of a cult from that moment <laughs> it had the most like mormon vibes i've ever experienced in my entire yeah. life it was just like oh this is yeah i don't i can't speaking <laughs> of it's, the, a it's different... the delivery it's the delivery right yeah, no that's what i'm saying it wasn't yeah. even so much the event it was just like this feels really really weird we're yeah. yeah. right it was this simple <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? And then you saw then you saw Amazon's rings of power and you're like, you know what? It's not oh, so bad. Oh boy. <laughs> don't, get, don't get me started on that, Matthew. Don't even see here's the thing. Smart. Here's the thing. I thought Rings of Power was probably the best Lord of the Rings that has ever come Shut out. Up. Ever. That's you're not, a troll. You, that's you're not a troll. True. You don't you don't believe that. I, I'm saying that specifically because Anthony, I've had consistently long conversations uh, about this. It's horrible. Just like, just like how oh, I believe you, Star Wars is Disney taking over Star Wars. Yeah, the worst yeah, thing yeah, yeah. Eric, Eric, what were you saying? Were you gonna say something? I was thinking. I thought Lord of the Rings of Power was great. <laughs> oh my word! Why, no, listen to me. There's there's a difference between trolling a friend and and just lying to him to his face, yes. and destroying his soul. Yes, this is this is deep. But anyways, look. I I mean, I think it's like this is a there's a there's a variety of uh, 
on the avenue's landscape when it comes to media right so mm-hmm. this record keeper is obviously a much more modern thing um you know when it comes to tell the world the the problem is being earnest on the internet hmm. that's just a really hard thing it's hard to sit through something that is a hundred percent earnest without making fun of it because that's what right that's what internet people do yeah um <laughs> you know you got to have some kind of like awareness that what I'm saying or doing is, is might seem ridiculous. You got to poke at yourself a little bit, but anyways, the, the, the point is, is I, what I love about the history of these Adventist media enterprises is, is that Adventism is entrepreneurial. Hmm. It wasn't that the, the church did buy that spot on the, on the TV, but you know, you had to find an Adventist radio guy, Fagel, who was willing to step up and, be like, hey, I'll I'll take this. I have a vision for this. Like, let's do it. HMS Richards, man, like no one was holding his hand. He's just like, I'm gonna try this thing that very few people have done so far. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Like, why not? And I think Adventism is still that way. If some things are campy or whatever, there are other things that are like that they're that they're good. Like we have Adventist influencers and stuff today who are putting out some right. content. Very we have true. suns we have sunscreen, as was mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. It's not overtly evangelistic, but we, there's some good quality content on there. So you'll just find everything, right? Because it's Adventism mm-hmm. is a very entrepreneurial space. Yeah. And there's you know, and it's not just a, like we've been Adventism is our church, so we can be critical of some of the the growing pains of changing with the times, uh, with culture and trying to hit mm-hmm. the, a younger demographic. And that's always a challenge, but that's in Christianity too. So when we look at Christian movies, there's been a long time stigma, oh, of yeah. Quali- yeah. quality issues. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's not just Adventism. Um, but it wasn't always that way too. Like some of the greatest, you know, movies in the, you know, 20th century were Christian movies. You know, you talk about yeah. Ben-Hur, the 10 commandments, and there was just a different, you know, vibe and, and that kind of, I wasn't around to see it, but it feels like that may have been how Avenus Media was perceived too, where it is written voice of prophecy. Like those were big deals during the 20th century. And so that that kind of is interesting that not just in Adventism, but it seems like over the last 20, 30 years, there is this reputation that Christian media is subpar on basically every level, technologically, yeah. uh, for actors, music, you know, you just go, you know, production value. It just feels like yeah. we're not on the same level. And, you know, we talk about doing things with excellence and we we do this, you know, we're, we're looking back on, you know, the Avenus landscape and, and like we've looked at, we we were pushing the edge in so many ways. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, there are so many Avenist influencers now, but it, it, it still seems like there is that stigma to overcome. Mm. Um, and, you know, even people are talking right now about the the latest Christian movie, the, uh, what, what is it? Jesus Revolution. That's yeah. one that's being talked about a lot. And some people are saying, you know, I was, I haven't watched it, but I've seen a lot of reviews on it being, you know, actually well-produced and. Yeah. And the, chosen, that, but, and the chosen and the chosen. Right. And that's yeah. another one too, is chosen that, that has really stood out. Um, but it, but it seems like those are outliers and, and when it comes to, you know, YouTube, you have like the Bible project and stuff. And, and I've always. Right you know, thought about how, how cool it would be for, for the Adventist church to really produce and, and communicate our beliefs, uh, you know, the, the conflict of the ages series in a, in a way for the younger demographics to understand. Um, but yeah, that, those are the questions, you know, that we'll have to talk about later, but, but that's just kind of what we're looking at now is it's just interesting how it's changed. I don't know where it changed, where, where that stigma of Christian media is not as good. Mm. Uh, Mm. it's, it's a, it's kind of the, the thing to joke about instead yeah. of like 
oh, respect what they're doing. You may even disagree and not believe, but hey, you know, they're doing that well. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're, yeah. they're, mm. they're producing stuff that's fascinating that I want to learn about their church. Um, yeah. I don't know where that exactly changed, but it seems mm. like Jesse had mentioned last 15, 20 years, maybe 30 years, that something kind of flipped there in yeah. what seems like all of Christianity. Yeah. I mean, it's a language, right? We're learning to speak a different language. And the problem is like mm. this, this visual language changes constantly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like what was acceptable 10 years ago, man, you watch some films now, like secular films or whatever. Not that I do, of course. Yeah, of course. And you're like, how long are they going to stay in this shot before they cut to something else? Like, why do right. I got to walk, watch them take 12 steps, uh, right. you know, like down the hall, like, gosh, just make a cut already. You know, <laughs> Go to the next shot, please. It's always great when like you're surprised how dated it was because at the time you were yeah. like you watched like Spider Man one, like Sam Raimi Spider Man one. Not that I ever have, but yeah, if you were hypothetically were to, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely have. Um, yeah, and you're just like, wow, this is dated. Yeah, this is so dated. It's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Ace Ventura or whatever. Where right. spoiler alert, like we have like the transgender plot twist, and you're like, yeah, I don't right. think they would joke about that today. Oh, like, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> that's not, that's not, you know, but my, so my point is, is like, it's not just Christians who are wrestling with this. I, I think the difference is that the extra challenge that Christians have is that we're trying to translate this like body of ideas into this, this ever evolving visual language or, mm. or audio language in the case of radio and stuff, podcasting. Like we're kind of, t- we're trying to explain how this thing we conceptualized in 1800 and something right. or the year 31 or whatever like we're trying to kind of translate this into whereas you know in the secular world they do do some of that when they make uh like the seventh remake of little mermaid or whatever um (laughs) but most of the time they can just start from scratch Hmm. they can they don't but they can (laughs) everything is a remake everything's remake now yeah but i mean they can right they can just start oh what if instead of you know whatever some like they're going to take Romeo and Juliet like let's put them in a modern city and let's give them guns instead of swords and right you know like they can they can translate that we don't do that so well with Jesus hmm. um, you know mm-hmm. so like Jesus Christ superstar is kind of like modern music in the past or mm-hmm. you know how do you like reset these ideas and themes in a way that doesn't that you don't lose something critical hmm. when you when you yeah. do it and i mean the, the the challenge seems to be like people have are very attached to their cultural conception, right? They're are like, are very attached to their. Yeah. Yeah. The way that they're, when yeah. they were growing up, their culture conceptualized of it. So then to try and shift and then communicate it in a new way is almost, it's almost like you, you, you don't even, it's like learning a new language and then sp- trying to speak in that language. Yeah. That's not native to you. Yeah. To- yeah. And then hoping it ages well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, so that's the challenge. Like I, I have a, I, look, there's definitely some, some things we can say about the Avenus media ministries, especially the visual ones that need to be said, but like, I, how much better would I do in that situation with mm. those donors, with that audience, mm-hmm. with that, with that corporate structure in history, you know, is it, is mm. it as simple as just plugging somebody new in at the top? Probably not. But I do think, I do think just, I know we're not talking about, we're not supposed to be talking about present day stuff as much, but I do think we're witnessing the beginning of the next Adventist media renaissance. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if we're going to get big things like it is written. Maybe we'll just get like a bunch of small people. We can all think of some names, mm-hmm. you know, who are, who are doing this thing and maybe they'll, they'll form like a 
collaboration together or something. And, and, you know, we kind of have some semblance of the next organization that is, is reaching people and then they're going to get old and boring and we'll find somebody yeah. else. You know, we can, we can create a Avenus podcast cinematic universe where we all come ah. together and make something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then all the movies just start, end up being the same, right? Like yeah. that's just, everything gets stale. So, you know, complaining that Christian stuff is stale, um, like every, you know, very few things I think end up getting to be classics. Yeah. Mm. It's like, well, that's, like Lord that's of even, the Rings. Amen. That's even getting into like business insight, you know, when a business to, to stay relevant, like if it's a media yeah. business, like they, they have to know how to be flexible, you know, every five to 10 years to yeah. stay up with technology, with culture, you know, whether yeah. they're producing film or TV shows, if it's a network or, yeah. you know, you have to know how to keep changing. Yeah. As you know, continually to stay on the top of your game. Right. And so how do we, maybe that's too long of a discussion, even just looking at how to create that type of no, business no, no. model. But it's super easy. I'm, but the problem is we don't want to do it because hmm. the way that the way that like secular media and stuff can figure this stuff out is, is by they have like, they're just ruthless with the metrics. Hmm. So if we want to start talking baptisms as the measure of everything we do, hmm. We definitely could have it'd be easier to change because you're like baptisms are down 13 percent. We need to we need to adjust our content. But the problem is we don't we don't want our ministries to be thinking that way, you right. know, and, and becoming mercenary. Yeah, and it's all about the baptism. It's all about the baptism. So we've we've kind of made it so it's like, well, don't judge by metrics, you know. Huh. So then what do we do? We like judge based on donations. Like donations are up. We must be doing good. Right. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I guess you could do like viewers, but just as more people get on the internet, you're going to have more viewers. Yeah. Um, so, mm -hmm. so, you know, we've, we've kind of made it really hard to think about this from a business side, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of the problem too, this may be delving into modern day, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to run a quote unquote media corporation when it's headed up by a pastor or hey. someone without a <laughs> media background what are you trying to you say, say? <laughs> look saying you're you ordained are one -trick you, you can do anything you're only good at one <laughs> <laughs> not even good at that one thing um yeah 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 i, I hear what you're true. saying that is that is yeah. a, that is a problem too with some of our stuff including publishing is that we don't we don't really have a business sense yeah I mean, hmm. I, yeah, it's again, like we all can acknowledge, it's very easy to point out faults. It's yeah, much sure. easier to do that than it is to actually fix those or do something better. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, like you said, Matthew, I feel like the future is probably more independent ministries. And I, miss, I say that. Meaning like ultra independent, not like amazing facts or like voice <laughs> right. of prophecy, um, because the the reality is, it is vastly cheaper and more attainable to create quality content. Yeah, than oh, yeah. it has ever been. Yep. yep. It, um, and so I don't know. I guess I I, I probably see the future being just. YouTubers or churches with a passion for creating something, yeah, actually having that freedom that comes from not having the oversight yeah. of the GC or but it's yeah 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 donors. Yeah. But I mean, it's not so libertarian in the future because really the GC is or the NAD or whatever is kind of a like 
I don't want to say angel investors. It's like Shark Tank. Hmm. If if you have an idea, Eric, and let's say it's starting to grab a lot of traction, the church will platform you in the sense that your story is going to end up in the review. It's going to end up on Avenue's News Network or whatever. And Mm -hmm. then if you're willing, a lot of times they'll fund you for a stake in what it is that you're doing, like for a voice in, in what it is that you're doing. Right. Right. I mean, this is, this is what we've always done. Like voice prophecy did their thing. They're just on a few radio stations in the beginning. The church comes in and says, let's put you on more radio stations. What do you think? And give us a seat at the table. Obviously we talked about that with faith for today. Like the, the church is the one who bought the, the 13 half hour episodes with ABC and then said, now let's find a creator, so to speak, to, to host this thing. So, I mean, I, I think we like looking at it sometimes backwards where it's like, well, what is the church doing? And I think the question is like, what are we doing that the mm. church is willing to support? Now, mm. that, that should have been record keeper, right? Like that should have yeah. been how it how it works. But I don't think that model is broken. It just didn't work out, unfortunately, in that situation. I think mm. they're still looking for people to boost, looking for people to to hold up being like, see, this is us. We're proud of, of what this person yeah. has done. You know? Do yeah. you do you and I'm admittedly, I tend to be cynical, Matt. As, as no, <laughs> I have not noticed that from anybody on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not even present. No, yeah, I, and I think that, and I think Record Keeper is a good example of why it's like, and I mean, th- this this comes from a a general principle that I think I've learned just from pastoring over time and stuff interacting with folk is like, younger people tend to, in my experience, value the liturgies, expressions, and media formats of older people more than older people value the liturgies, media expressions okay. of younger people. Okay. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to like religious spaces, because people have theology attached to stuff. People have, you know, you know, yeah. si- spiritual significance attached to stuff. You know, the whole don't go to movie theaters, your angel leaves, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's still deeply ingrained in people. So how is it? Like over time, the church seems to have like a record of, and when I say a record, I mean the one that we've described, Record Keeper. Um, You're keeping a record, I can tell. Yes. Okay. Keeping a record. Um, but yeah, I guess that, you know, not to be overly cynical, but how do we push past this sort of feeling like, oh man, it seems like whenever, yeah. you know, we try things new, new liturgies, new expressions of media, there's not a valuing from an older perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think that's normal. I, okay, I have two small daughters. Mm-hmm. I'm showing them movies. I mean, theoretically, like hypothetically, <laughs> right? Yeah, showing the movies that the other I you like, and the that, other time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I like, <laughs> like things that when I was a kid, like so. Ninja Turtles is coming out again for the fifteenth time. Nice, right? You know, so I have to tell them about how I watched Ninja Turtles when I got home from school back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's only natural that when they grow up, they're gonna have more of an understanding of my world than I'm gonna have of theirs. Mm-hmm. because I, I'm discipling them every single day into my world. And and so it's just, it's easier to kind of like look up than it is to look down. I don't mean that in like, mm. a, you know, mm-hmm. someone's better than anybody. I'm right. just saying like, that's just human nature. It's so much, you know, I look at history, like it's so much easier to understand history than it is to understand the, the emerging generations that are coming up right now. Right. Um, that's true. You know, so, I mean, I, I think that there's... You're saying it's human nature, is what you're saying. It's, it's human nature. It's human nature, and, and it takes... Like, the culture has to go along with it. Like, it, all it, you all of us are going to come to a point in our lives where we're going to struggle to to get on board with something somebody is doing in the younger generations because we just don't understand it. We don't see the point of it. You know, whatever it may be. 
it's going to happen at some point. Oh, that's that's my life yeah. every day, Matthew. I've, I felt that like, teaching yeah. junior high. That's uh, yeah. There you go. That's a yeah. It's it's it. Even in the eight years that I've taught, like things have changed a lot. Like junior high is an interesting time because they're always on the latest fad. Yeah. You know, whatever social media trend or whatever is going on. And so I see like front and center, like how quickly something comes in and out uh, when it comes to culture, just the way that they speak, the the things that they're watching, the things that they're interested in, um, the way that they write or can't write. (laughs) That's what Um, what chat GPT is for. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. My sermons have improved. Yeah. (laughs) That's real. I remember the first time I, I felt like, Oh, I don't know this one. Like, and when I was a youth pastor and I'm like, I was on it. Like I was like in the culture. And then there was a moment where someone sent me something and I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had to look it up. Yeah. Back to urban dictionary. Right. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But so wait, my point is, is like, it's not surprising that the GC kind of choked a little bit on the record keeper. Hmm. Maybe the GC wasn't the right place for that project to be funded. Hmm. Um, In hindsight, like maybe we need some some kind of different church structure for maybe like today maybe the Adventist Learning Community would have funded it, hmm. you know, and it'd be an NAD thing. I think the GC it's hard because, you know, we're we're like five percent in North America of world church membership, yeah. And so right. you're going to publish something that is going to confuse the world church, you know, much of the world church, mm-hmm. and they're not going to understand like this is against. Ellen White, you know, like this isn't how she described these things. And they're going to write angry letters to the GC. So they're looking at that like, is it easier to write off a million dollars or is it easy to get that mail constantly and lose the confidence of the brethren around the world? Hmm. You know, it just it was not the maybe the right place for that to start. But my point is, we shouldn't be surprised if there's some cultural differences there because hmm. it takes a while to get on board. It took a while for the NAD to get on board with things. But now, more or less, like they're. They're like, okay, we're going to champion these these influencers and stuff today. Like they 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 may not be like with it themselves, but the leaders at the NAD understand its importance and the importance of of uh, you know being on social media and and doing short form video and all in podcasting and all these things. Like they get it now. Mm-hmm. The GC, you know, they'll get it in another generation. But the the point is, is like, yeah, it takes a little while to sink in. We just got to find a better way of fostering creative endeavors hmm. from the beginning so it doesn't have to rely on people a hundred floors up in the building right. getting, yeah. on, getting on board with it. Which is sort yeah. of what kind of, and yeah. maybe as we begin to wrap up, like where I hear you saying like talking about hope for the future and just like the shifting atmosphere, it's really like the whole paradigm that's already shifted with media, it seems. Where like people less and less go to some centralized yeah, tower to get their yeah. information and more and more go to independent, smaller yeah. content creators, etc. Yeah, true. I we need a we need a strategy meeting here. I think because it it made sense in the days of the review when like this is the one thing you're reading, and then it's like okay, right. well let's add the youths instructor so we can have something for younger people. Okay, great. And then like you slowly start to branch out, but. The, the review was the bulletin board for the entire denomination. If you needed a job, you put it in there. If you were offering mm. a job, you put it in there. If you had livestock for sale, you know, you put a little notice in there. Uh, or your travel arrangement, you know, like, oh, Ellen White's going to be in these five cities over these dates. You know, be there if you want to be there. 
Like it was the only way to find out what was going on in the Avenus world. Today, obviously, it's not the case, and it, it just it's hard because like I met a couple months ago, I met somebody who was leading one of these major media ministries, and they, uh, they you know, they had a booth, and they're like, "Yeah, here's a pin, and here's some things we have going on. And the Lord has really blessed us." And I, I just remember thinking, "Good for you!" Like, hmm. I don't, I don't watch it, <laughs> right? You know, like this, like what are you offering? For me, that that I can't get somewhere else, mm. you know, yeah. that's that's equal or better. Yeah. So we need like a avenue social media platform, like a central hub for everything. No, no. You're talking about something. <laughs> wait, you're talking about the internet. You just described the like a, a like a but like a a concentrated a concentrated place to uh, yes. have collaborations and bounce hmm. off ideas. Mm. And, oh yeah. What if what if the church bought MySpace? Wow. <laughs> it just got that back up and running here. I want to see some sparkles and some music play when I go to your page, Sean. Oh, man. I miss my space. Yeah. Green Day yeah. comes top, top on. Top three friends. Yeah. Good times. So that's right. Top three friends. And Tom is one of them. Sean, you yeah, were in Tom. my top four. I remember that. Oh, man. That was high school. High school was... My space was weird. Okay, we've gotten way yeah. off. Uh, hey, that's media. <laughs> I actually wanted to say before we... I never found the right time to say it, maybe at the beginning, but like the Adventist church is turning 160 in May, I think. Wow. Yep. Yep. Uh, May 21. Uh, so it's amazing. Like in, in that time, so we're, we're talking of course about, about media, like just how much has changed and like this, this church has changed so much. Like when you look at what started and what worked back in 1929, when voice of prophecy started. And then even in the fifties, like it was such a, like, it was just a couple million people at the time. Now we're at over 20 million. So, you know, there's so many conversations to have about how to, how to connect, how to communicate, what that looks like. There's so many different cultures, different generations. And so, yeah, there's, there's a lot there. I think the reason maybe we're a little critical, Matthew, is mm. we've looked at the numbers of, and I don't know, I, I don't have them pulled up in front of me, but is, isn't the Adventist church one of the older denominations just by I don't know if it's median age or like when you look in oh, the. Oh, I was like older. We're like, oh, we're talking older, about 160 no, no. years old. No, I get no, you. No, I get no, you. No, like, like yeah, age, average like age. The, the average age of a person that is a member hmm. um, in the church. And so part of that is what, what you mentioned, like we skew our media towards, um, yeah. you know, those people. But but then you say, well, if you want to get younger, you know, you you have to rethink how, how we're doing things. Yeah, we're, we're actually not super old. i mean in the world i think it's a different story right but, yeah but pew pew research did a little study of this in in america and, and we're actually below i don't know how this is possible in their study but like we're below the average american age interesting like just slightly oh really which is okay. yeah which is what do we know uh which is well i don't uh 48 or okay. that's what they say at least 46 oh. something hmm. like that I don't know. If, I mean, again, the problem with Pew and all these research things when they do Adventists is like when they're doing all these denominations, like the Adventist slice is like interviewed 18 people. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Sample size, you know? four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they got to get a bunch of Catholics and a bunch of others. So it's it's really hard to take all this. I mean, I know here in Illinois, we're about 10 years older than the average Illinoisan. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, I, yeah, I mean, that's a challenge too, right? But mm-hmm. okay, again, I believe in Adventist pragmatism. Hmm. I think that we're a people who will figure stuff out. And even though we have these ideals, um, you know, about, you know, whatever, there's the grumpiness about faith for today and drama. They got over it. And 
it, it got so popular that we can now ignore Faith for Today for the most part. Although, I, I mean, I think that their, their their new leadership is is great. Like, I like them a lot, but with Roy Ice. But anyways, my point is, is, is I don't know. I think we, we tend to, if we can avoid suffocating the things that we attempt to do with mm. uh, qualms and uh, mm-hmm. fears, mm-hmm. then then I think the pragmatism will win out. And we'll mm. just be like, well, does it work? Yes, it does. Let's go then. Which and that pragmatism, like that, speaks to me because beneath, or I guess the core of that pragmatism is like we just want people to know, like about Jesus. It, like it comes yeah. from the evangelistic heart, right? It comes from, yeah. I, like that's my assumption. Yeah, that that's it comes from that. Yeah, I think that's <clears throat> maybe part of the problem is traditionally Adventist media is not about we want people to know Jesus. Hmm. It's we want people to know. Are about Adventism. Have disbeliefs in the three angels' message, and uh, that's very which true. is okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's not. You're saying, saying it's, it's not that's fundamentally bad, but I think we get caught up in that in Adventist media. Yeah. That's very that's, true. It's all about prophecy. It's all about Jesus. Yeah. It's all about the end times. It's all about. And I think part the of that is Sabbath. The... It's like. We get lost in the weeds. It's the distinctive. It's not even a ministry anymore. It's, we're just trying to convert well, other yeah. denominations to Adventism. We're not trying to. Hmm. I, I like us to take a more subtle approach, and I'm not going to. So let's get off the criticism. I'll just say, like, what I'd like to see in Adventism is we we can still hold on to those identifying parts of Adventism, mm-hmm. but find a way to connect with the culture of our time in a way that's meaningful. So when they when they hear about the Bible, you know, one of the, I'll just mention them one more time, the Bible project, when they go into all the books of the Bible or themes, we're fanboys. I, I'll, I'll read through yeah. so many comments of people that say, I don't actually believe, you know, this, yeah. this stuff, but the way that it connects, like the way you've woven a story and the visuals and the audio, like everything together, it's very compelling to me. It's, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, they're not trying to like sell you something. Yeah. Uh, they're not trying people to convert you, but, but as a byproduct, people are engaged with the topic of the Bible. And so in the same way, can we, can we take, you know, on top of that message of Jesus, of course, the, the depth of our theology, our doctrine, that, that I believe enriches it, it, it adds to who Jesus is, it adds to the character of God and the plan of salvation, all those things that the Bible speaks about. How do we do that in a, in a meaningful way mm-hmm. uh, as a byproduct? So it's compelling. Yeah. And yeah. so anyways, I know that that's maybe in some ways where we can leave it off for people to think about. If that's our goal, we need to think about and discuss, uh, especially those that that do create content or those that want to do that in the future. How can we do that in a meaningful way and create create space for that? So, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. I, th- I think sitting down, figuring out what we want to say, and then we we think figure out what is the best medium to say what we want to say to people. Hmm. Um, you know, and just kind of strategize it out right now because if. You know, and, and then figuring out like how does this medium, uh, how is this media gonna affect the message that I'm trying to to give? You know, I, I see some people out there like trying to explain Adventism mm-hmm. on on Instagram or whatever or YouTube Shorts, which are like the the worst because it's it's what is it like a minute it's or super something? Short. It's super short, yep. super short, yeah. And and so it's like, but they're they're just trying to like throw it out there, and I'm like, this is actually a, a really poor explanation <laughs> because because yeah. how can you do this in one minute? Um, yeah. And other people are able to like utilize that that time format really, really well and effectively. But I, I think, you know, in, in some way, like the multitude of avenues that we can take is itself a problem. Hmm. It's an opportunity and a problem because yeah. what, what yeah. do we do when it was like, oh, radio's new. 
well, let's jump on radio. Right. And it was basically just sermons at first because people are used to sermons in churches, so it wasn't really a big deal. And, you know, one of the things they figured out about it, uh, maybe 10 months into the first after the first Christian broadcast on radio is, hey, I'm not just trying to reach Christians out there in America. People are writing me letters and I'm actually forming a community around this technology. So they started the, whatever it was called, the Radio Church of America. And so mm-hmm. they re- they started treating it like you gathering around the radio for this broadcast is church mm-hmm. for some people who will never go to a physical church, which yeah. is exactly what we're going through right. with, with media today. Right. It's like we're forming mm. these digital churches and we think, wow, like we're really innovating. It's like, no, man, radio did this literally 100 years ago. They were struggling mm-hmm. with how do we keep in contact with the people in our, you know, and of course, James Dobson builds his thing out of that, right? And they're like, we're forming communities around our, this technology, around this medium. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's really nothing new. We always like to think that we're doing something new, but it's it's not True. really new. It's just a different, different, I guess, landscape now. There's just yeah. so many different formats you can take. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've uh, covered pretty well, I think. Hopefully, hopefully we covered pretty no, well. Good. The, uh, Super good. The first part of this topic, we, we do want to get into, you know, some of the future a bit more. But uh, Matthew, thank you for joining us. You obviously yeah. are one of the people at the forefront and you wouldn't say it, but we would that you've um, created and, and we're a bit of a trailblazer in podcasting oh, yeah. for Adventism. Uh, still are. You've, you've created not only just one with the Adventist History podcast, but now um, your, your brand itself is is the Adventist History Project, correct? Mm-hmm. That's that's yep, the branding, yep. and so you have four podcasts under um, that branding. Uh, and you know how have and I'll just maybe let you have the final word on this. Do you do you feel like that has given you a different perspective on on the purpose of media, the way to mm. the way to deliver? You know, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to your purpose, I know that you you describe every time I've I've listened, you you describe your goal as creating Adventists that have a working yeah. Um, uh, what's the tagline? A working yeah, a working knowledge of Adventist history. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what that's what we want to give people. Like not a, not all the dates and names and places, but just like information that you can use as you figure out how to live Adventistly today. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, like. How do I how do I think and act in that with that history in mind? Um, you know, I think podcasting has opened my eyes. I, I really appreciate it because I can talk for 30, 40, 50 minutes. I did one episode that was mm-hmm. three hours. Mm. Yeah. And I, I love that. Um uh, the, the visual media is not so forgiving unless it's like super well produced. I mean, you really right. like have Joe to Rogan be, or something. Yeah. Yeah, like Joe, yeah. Uh, but or I mean, like you look at like the Snyder cut and it's like half of it oh, is right. all slow motion, and you're like, no. <laughs> Right. That's so true. And I'm not trying to watch a slow motion movie. Um, You know, but anyways, I I think that there's, there's way, like people are looking for ways to connect with other people. Hmm. And there's, and the problem is like, they don't know it. You just can't survey people. I'm a big fan of Steve Jobs on this when he's like, I'm not going to do customer surveys because they don't know what they want. Hmm. Yeah. And that's really arrogant because it's Steve Jobs, but classic Steve, you know, it is, but I mean, he wasn't wrong. Because if you would have right. asked people in the '90s to be like, draw, draw An a iPhone? picture of a, yeah, like draw what what technology do you want next? They'd be like, well, I just want this, but a little bit different. I mean, that's basically what they would come up with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like my favorite thing about the podcast is like when people come up to me and they're like, I thought it would suck, but it didn't. <laughs> mm. 
What a compliment. <laughs> it is. And I, I've heard it so yeah. many times. I'm like, well, well, thanks. Because they, you know, we're just, we're used to Avenus doing not always the best kind of content. And very true. So whatever, whatever platform you choose, understand that like people aren't going to, aren't necessarily sure that they want it yet until you do it. And if you're going to do it, do it well, just do mm, it yeah. well. Like you and guys. I know that and I know that. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, thanks. you can. You'll say differently when you're uh, when you're off. Yeah. That's okay. That's, uh, we're we're holding uh, Matt's family hostage so that he said that. <laughs> we need some. We don't. We need like a trade industry of Avenus podcasters and give out like awards every year and stuff. We should. We need like an Avenus yeah. Oscars. Let's do it. Avenus Oscars. <laughs> we'll call it the Ellens. The Ellens. The Ellens. Uh, yeah. You, you get, uh, yeah. You get a little golden effigy of Ellen's head. <laughs> No, no, no. It's going to be the Daniel 2 statue. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Daniel 2 statue with Ellen's head. But it's all gold. Right. All gold. It's all, all gold. gold. So it's the buff body and then the Ellen just White head to, on top. Just to, just, just to make the idolatry does, worse, it's all does, gold. Does anybody want have a 3D printer that we could borrow? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm on it. Yeah. Well, Matthew, thank you for joining us. Yep. And I know that you're continuing to build... Uh, the Avenus History Project, and and I know that you've you've even looked beyond podcasting at different ideas. So yep. uh, it's it's cool to see the future of that and your your project. And so we're we're thankful that you've joined us today and uh, and discuss this with us. So yeah, anything else that where where can people find you? Where do you want people to find you? Oh man, they can go to avenushistorypodcast.org or on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, whatever. We actually started putting up video episodes of. Uh, some of the episodes now, I not that. my stuff, not my stuff. Cause nobody wants to see me like reading for an hour. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, like the conversations that we have, we were re- responding to cultish on Avenus pilgrimage. And mm. uh, so we did a video episode of that. It was fun. I took inspiration yeah. from you guys. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Cool. And then what's your home address? <laughs> so people can find you there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going to just give you like, the GC address. <laughs> Thanks, Matthew. We appreciate you, man. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for once again listening to this episode of Seeking What They Sought. And we hope, most of all, that the conversations have been beneficial to you and life-giving in some way. Thank you so much to our patrons. Uh, We really, really appreciate each and every single one of you for sacrificing monetarily to support us in in, uh, making this podcast happen. So from our hearts to you, we just want to say a deep thank you. We are feeling much gratitude. All right. I think that is about it. If you want to stay connected with us, um, you can easily do that on any of our social media platforms. There's a link in our Instagram. That's kind of where we direct people. But if you're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, um, we're there and you can you can find us there uh just type in our name and and uh, it'll take you right to us so thank you so much for listening for supporting and uh we'll see you next time on seeking what they saw